The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, it's 3.06 on this Friday afternoon. We're switching gears here for the next little bit. And I want to tell you that Edmonton has its first human remains detection dog. And that dog, a Belgian Malinois named Hunter, and his handler, Staff Sergeant Tom Bechtold, join us in studio this afternoon. Thanks for coming in, Tom. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. Hunter is a busy, busy dog. He has been, uh, you know, you're not kidding when you say he likes that ball. Yeah, he's not the type of dog that'll lie down next to the firewall. <laughs> yeah, he's, no uh, kidding. He wants to do something all the time, so. So we've heard uh, that this is the first uh, human range detection dog in Edmonton. I think most of us thought there already were human detection dogs in Edmonton. So is do other police forces have them then? Yes, Calgary has, uh, I believe, two. Uh, the RCMP have uh, a couple as well. And it's just something that we'd, we'd looked into earlier, uh, just didn't have the resources or the, the manpower to commit to it um, but that changed a couple years ago so yeah so was there um, impetus for that change like what was it was it just the, we were, the need was we, there yeah we were starting to get requests from various units uh, which we'd have to refer to obviously outside agencies uh, and the really the use of human remains detection dogs around North America has increased considerably mm-hmm. so we were overdue um, so we just started training. So where did Hunter come from? Where did you find him? We purchased him as a puppy. I got him when he was about 51 days old. Uh, wow. We purchased him from a kennel uh, just outside of Tofield. So he's a purebred? Purebred Belgian Malinois. Nice. So tell us about, and I'm, I've been fascinated by Belgian Malinois for when, when I first learned about them through the kennels of the EPS years ago. I met Zena, mm-hmm. who was uh, Malinois, and they make great police dogs, don't they? They do. They're very um i don't know if hectic is the right word <laughs> no i think uh, very that's enthusiastic yeah. Yeah. Like that. uh, very high drive dogs uh, that want to learn that want to work um and to be to train a dog that wants to work is very easy now i remember seeing um video when we, we talked about the it was the french the special forces the french special forces use these dogs and i've actually seen them strapped to their handlers being let out of helicopters i mean it, it's amazing the stuff hmm. that you can get these animals to There's do certainly their genetics are disposed for that uh predisposed for that kind of thing um and they're just they're, they're for us they're they're a little lighter than a german shepherd is they're built a little bit better for the work that we do and they seem to last health-wise a little bit longer than the german shepherds are there more sorry andrew yeah. are there more malinois now on, on the team than shepherds we're about 50 50 okay. split now hmm. yeah. okay so these are dogs that want to go to work they enjoy going to work yes but this particular dog's um skill set doesn't allow it to go to work well, for him, work is looking for what we've trained him to look for, and that's what he goes out. As soon as he gets out of the vehicle, we give him the command. He's off and running looking for what he's supposed to search for. So I would imagine that you would have to, I don't know the right terminology, plant stuff for him to find on a common, on, on a typical day, because it, on a typical day, you're not looking for a body. Yes, so we have uh, training aids that we use. Um, so usually once a day, we'll go out. I'll go out, hide some things for him. We'll let those things sit for a couple hours and then we'll return to that area and 
put them through his face. Oh, really? Okay. So I'm curious. Don't so now I want, don't necessarily want to be walking through the ravine with him. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it only human remains he finds? Would he find animal remains? No. So uh, human remains to a dog smell different than animal remains. So the idea is when we train him, we proof the dog off of the animal remains. So we set up areas if there's a dead bird somewhere then we'll set up the hides around that area so that he learns that he sniffs a dead bird there's no reward it's just interest to him and he moves on so i'm sorry yeah, now no, i'm it's sorry okay. no, it's, it's a fascinating topic i want to know what day one of training looks yeah. like because we've all tried to train a dog to do different things and day one is a disaster <laughs> so how do you start with something so specialized as this you know uh when we train a human remains detection dog it's very similar to how we train our narcotics dogs uh, and our explosives detection dogs. It's called box training. So it's simply a training box um, that we put in the middle of our garage, and it's one box, and you let the dog explore the garage, and as soon as he sticks the no his nose in the top of that box, we have a clicker. And yeah. what that clicker, you, cl you click that, he knows that now it's he's done what he's supposed to hmm. do, and he looks for his reward. And you just, it's repetitive. So that's how you get him to start searching for something. He starts to associate, if I go to that box and stick my nose in it, I get a reward. So would you do that multiple times the multiple first day? Multiple times. Okay. Uh, probably the first few days is just getting them used to that. And then we start introducing an odor. So we put one odor, let's say we put teeth in that box. So now he sticks his nose in that box, he gets that smell of teeth, he gets his reward, and it's repetition, repetition. Wow. Then we start introducing more boxes. So okay, because I was going to ask, you could be, he could be thinking that you're rewarding him for finding the box. Correct. Yeah. So you, you'll, you'll add a couple boxes that have nothing in them. And now he has to use his nose to determine, okay, where's that, where's that odor I, I had last time where I got rewarded? Hmm. So he sticks his nose in the empty box. That's not it. And then as soon as he hits that, that box... And, with and how, do, how do you teach him to alert? Or does he need to alert? Well, eventually over time, uh, some dogs you teach to bark. We taught Hunter to stare. So essentially what we do over the course of time is he sticks his nose in that box and he doesn't get to leave that box until we click. So we just mm. extend that period oh, of time. Okay. So the longer he sticks his nose in that box, he just stands there, waits. Bam, bam. Wow. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? It does sound easy. To you can't get your dog to stop chewing shoes. I know, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, that smells good. How did you know that Hunter was going to be a good dog to do this? You know, he was um, he was purchased solely for this. Okay. This was off the bat. This is what we knew we were going to use him for. But when we're looking for a puppy, we're looking for that puppy that displays a lot of independence, that'll go out and venture and take a look at things without worrying about where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, and we're looking for the puppy that's showing the tenacity and the enthusiasm to even chase a ball. So we've had puppies we've tested in the past where you roll the ball in front of them and it hits them <laughs> and they just kind of look at it. Yeah, I have not one of those. <laughs> where, yeah, where yeah. we want the dog that goes after that ball and wants to check it out. Yeah. And isn't afraid to check it out. Have you had to use Hunter yet? No. 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 Um, we validated on July 4th. Um, so our homicide section, our historical homicide section and missing persons units, they're aware okay. uh, that we exist. Ah. And so it's just a, just kind of a waiting game, I guess, to see when we could be used for him. Now, is this, is Hunter your dog? Do you take it home at night? Yeah. So he's owned by the city of Edmonton, um, but he is my partner. So at the end of shift, he comes home. He's got a kennel in the backyard. Uh, that's supplied by the city. He's got a dog house that's heated in the winter time. Nice. Um, so he's well looked after. Have you? Uh, is this your first dog partner? No. So I was a I was a constable in the unit uh, between 2002 and 2009 uh, with my general police service dog cruiser. Cruiser. Uh, so after that seven years, it's a ten year uh, thing within the police service. 
any specialized unit you leave after seven. Uh, and I was just fortunate enough to come back. Yeah, that's that's what you must did you you must have missed it when you left. It's uh, it's a hard you know you start off and you know you've got seven years and that seven years goes by very quickly, um, and that last day is a, is a hard one mm-hmm. um, because it's it is a fascinating place to work. It's probably in in my opinion the best place in the EPS <laughs> to work. Um, so you do miss it as soon as you move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Now what what happens to Hunter at the end of his career? He'll, uh, whenever we retire a dog, uh, the handler has the option, we call it an option, but it's, it, it <laughs> happens, uh, to buy the dog off the city for a dollar, take over mm. ownership, and he just retires at home as a pet. Is that your plan? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And how do the dogs do with retirement? It, some of them, you know, by the end of seven years of service, they're pushing nine, ten years old. Yeah. They're getting a little tired. It, it, it's it's hard on their bodies for sure the type of work that they do um i think uh the hardest thing for the dog is watching us leave the yard and they're not coming with yeah. us mm. they want to go to work they want to go to work yeah. so some of them have a lot more pent-up energy so when you get home from work you got to take them for a walk yeah because they're going a little stir crazy and what about socializing the dog is you were waiting for us in the newsroom i came out and asked if i could pet the dog uh some dogs that have specific jobs you're not allowed to to touch them, at least during their training. Yeah, so if we were working, um, obviously we wouldn't be allowing anybody uh, to to be touching our dogs, but we want our dogs to be very social so that if they do come in contact with people, um, it's not a big deal. Um, So when we're doing demos at schools or, you know, anywhere, a lot of our dogs are socialized to be able to, for people to be able to come up and introduce themselves. But it was funny when we walked out of the studio and came out there, both of us, it's like, oh, can we touch him? Mm-hmm. You know, that was the thing. At least I, I think that's important, which, which is, is what we want. What people sure. should know. To, to ask and not just come forward. And yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 316 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Let's take a break here. We'll be back with Staff Sergeant uh, Tom Bechtold and Hunter. Uh, Want to find out what, what's next for hunters training because this is just kind of the first phase there's lots more to come and it's just as fascinating more after this Okay, we're back on the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News, uh, joined by Staff Sergeant Tom Bechtold and uh, Hunter, who is the EPS's first human remains detection dog, joining us in studio. And a couple of people have texted in saying, I can hear Hunter panting. No, Hunter's not panting. <laughs> Hunter is destroying a ball right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Um, a thorough job of it, too. And you found along the way that this a ball for him was more of a reward than food. Yes. So how did you figure that out? Well, typically we like to use food because it's 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 easier to motivate a dog that's hungry. And you're talking about like a little dog biscuit, something like well, that. Well, basically if, uh, so we start off if we're feeding the dog kibble, it's basically they're getting their extra kibble food as, as, okay. a, as a treat. Yeah. And so that, their reward for when they work, that's their meal for the day. So oh. it's basically a pouch full of food that you would normally feed them at night, but you're giving that as reward throughout oh, okay. throughout their training. Um, we tried that with Hunter, and his 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 motivation level for food was just not there. Um, hmm. It was, and some dogs are just not like that. He, he likes food, likes to eat, but it wasn't enough to get his intensity up. So we thought we'd introduce the ball because that's what we've used in the past and um, <laughs> certainly works. Uh, As you he, can hear. He, he but now he's destroyed this ball, right? Yep. So obviously it doesn't have to be that ball. Does no, it have to be we'll a ball that size? Yeah, we ha- usually uh, for him, because he's missing a few teeth, um, we have to use a softer ball. Uh, we do have a budget for toys. <laughs> <laughs> so one of our listeners wanted to know if that treat 
his reward will change as he ages? No. 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 Okay. This is what is ingrained for him as to being his reward. So okay. anytime there's a click uh, when he's yep. found something, the first thing he's looking for is that ball. You know, it's amazing because what you're talking about, the clicking, we we tried the click training with our dog. We tried the, the kibble like throughout the day stuff with our dog. And, and obviously you have to be completely committed to it every single time to make it work. Certainly. And it's a, it's a daily thing. Yeah. It's an hourly thing. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got a couple unit trainers within our, our unit that are absolutely fantastic and very knowledgeable about these kind of things. So if there is an issue and they're not responding to the clicker, they're able to problem solve that very quickly. Can I drop off Bo Breeze for a couple <laughs> of days, please? Tom, I, I, I don't ever mind asking a dumb question, and this may, may be that. But I'm picturing him at work. So you've got an actual situation on your hands where you're trying to find a dead body and he finds it. Is he playing a game? Is he having fun? Essentially. It's, a, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of the way our, most of our dogs are trained. It's a big game of hide and seek even for when they're, we're training them to find suspects. They don't know the seriousness of the crime that they're investigating. Mm-hmm. They're just, they know that someone's gone off on a run somewhere hmm. and now they get to go find them. <laughs> and it's a big game. So yeah. it's, it's no different than this. It's basically find the object. And then you and give him the ball. So I'm, I'm picturing in my mind that he's found somebody, a victim, and now you give him the ball and he's happily playing away with the ball. I mean, do you put the dog away now? Or? Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll put the dog away and, and let, obviously, the investigators right. do what they need to do. Hmm. So the next phase of training for Hunter is what? Is water. Okay, um, explain this. So it's, it's actually very fascinating. We're looking forward to doing it. It's probably going to occur next year. Um, it's essentially putting the dog in a boat and the dog learns to lean over kind of over the side of the boat and as the boat's slowly going over a body of water they can detect that smell of decomposition from underneath the water looking for victims that that's crazy so someone had said to me that dogs can smell through water but what you're training again is the decomposing body yes again yeah. they're they're trained on that they're already trained for him he's already trained on that odor so now it's just introducing a new environment to him so that accident that happened overnight with that duck boat down down in in southern um, U.S., yes. that's, you know, when something like this or, you know, the body that was swept away, I mean, that's the you sort of stuff that you use for that. Like that. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything during his training that he got confused by? Something similar? Um, no, I think the biggest struggle we had initially with his training was a level of maturity. So we started him off last year, and he would indicate on a, you know, on a hide, and he'd stand and stare at the hide, and then a butterfly would go by, and you'd see his head follow the butterfly, and then he'd put his, then he'd put his head back at where what he's supposed to be looking at, and that's just a maturity issue. Right. No real struggles other than that. Excellent. So moving forward, you, you do the water thing, and um, is is there more? It's just constant learning for it's him and you. It's just constant learning and, and continuing to challenge the dog, maybe. Uh, burying the hides a little bit deeper yeah. and well when and, dogs get bored right? yeah it's and bad. Age, <laughs> aging the hides longer and and, and that kind of thing well, so. what about socializing hunter with other dogs i would assume that there'd be times in which dogs with different responsibilities would be on scene or you'd have two uh of these types uh, human rain detection dogs on scene how do you socialize them with other dogs or you do you need to you expose them right off the bat as their puppies so that they know that other dogs are just other dogs and we um you know, exposed hunter, and it, we he, we have another dog at home, a uh, little toy poodle. So <laughs> it was great when they were the same size when I yeah. was a puppy. Now it's not as great. And how he, are they? They're, they're good. Yeah? It's just he's he's big, so yeah. he kind of pulls the little one over a little bit. <laughs> but they get to learn that other dogs are are not a big deal, and 
friendly enough. And when he's searching, he's really not paying much attention to, to anything else that's going on around him. Hmm. So is there a possibility of getting another dog for the EPS that does this? Ideally, it would be nice to have two. It just it comes down to a manpower thing and, and uh, if we're going to be able to do mm-hmm. that. In the meantime, it's always nice to have double confirmation of things. Yeah. When you use a dog, if it gives an indication, it's nice to bring a second dog trained on a thing, the same thing to give you that same indication. You referred to Hunter, as dog handlers always do uh, for police as services, partner. as your partner. Yes. How seriously do you mean that? And, and how seriously do other police officers not in your unit consider Hunter to be an actual police officer? Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's a dog that you work with every day. Uh, you don't work with anybody else, so there's nobody in the passenger seat of your vehicle. It's just it's just me and him. And we always kind of describe ourselves as just, we're the driver. We're, just, <laughs> we're getting the dog to where he needs to go, and then he's going to go do the work and make us look good. Um, you know, if, if the dog could drive, then I'd probably be the job. So, um, especially with our police service dogs on the street, you, you're, you and your dog, you form that bond, um, and you're you're relying on the dog to protect you and Uh in some ways the dog is relying on you to protect him and i know even with my police service dog there were a few times where we'd been ambushed by suspects on tracks and my dog came to my rescue Hmm. and it's it's so it's quite a bond that that that's built between the two of you. A serious bond. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this has been amazing. Absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating. want to thank you for joining thank us uh, in studio. Um, and of course, Tom, we want to thank you and other police officers for your service oh, to the city. Yeah. Always appreciate it. Always appreciate that. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.